Hello and welcome to Ride or Die, a podcast where we watch recap episodes of Common Rider. And it's time to turn up because we're watching Common Rider Blade. I'm your host, Tyler, and with me as always is hey, Mike. Hey, it's going Mike, it pretty going? well. Uh, I'm here to continue watching Blade with you, dude. Yes. Last time they fought uh, the, the yes. plant undead, uh, as well as meet the new writer, common writer, uh, I forget his name now, common writer, heart man, the heart one. Chalice. I believe that's I the one, chalice. yes. Um, can you tell it's been a while since we've seen Blade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last week we didn't get to record uh, because I didn't have power, thanks to the storms. And, yeah, uh, so... Luckily we haven't switched over to the two a week since no. yet, so it's alright. You, you guys didn't see a, a dip. But we're back. Uh, Kenzaki, still Blade. Uh, having a good time. We didn't see Tachibana last episode at all. No. Uh, who's Garin. But uh, him, Shiori, Kotaro. All, all doing well in that, that farmhouse. That's also not a farmhouse. There's clearly a shot in that last episode where he walked out the door and they're not on like a farm. They're like on a... They're like in the middle of a city. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. But uh, today we're watching episode three of Kamen Rider Blade titled Their Secret. Uh, it was written by Shoji Imai, who uh, again has written some episodes of this show, and that's about it 20 episodes of Blade. And directed by Nobuhiro Suzumura. He has been a director on Kamen Rider Kuga, Kamen Rider Agito, Ryuki, Fies, of course Blade, Ibiki, Kabuto, Drive, Agito, the Three Great Riders, Ryuki versus Kamen Rider Agito, Kuga uh, versus the Strong Monster Goji no Da, Pretty Sailor Moon Guardian, and we're not done here. He's got four episodes of Decca Ranger. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine episodes of Magi Ranger. Two episodes of Bo Kinger. Four episodes of Go Onger. Two episodes of Go Sager. Four episodes of Power Rangers Super Samurai. Six episodes of Akiba Ranger. And six more episodes of Akiba Rangers Season 2. So, uh, he's in there. Yeah. A lot. As well as working on Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Wow. I, I closed the wrong tab. Uh, this episode aired on February 8th, 2004. What a, what a different time it was mm-hmm. back then. Child me didn't even know what a common rider was. Sam. I hadn't been exposed to the 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 horrors that is Saban's mass rider. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. 
Lucky you. <laughs> Not anymore. But uh, Mike, you have anything to say about what we what we might see this episode? Um, you know, there might be something that will allude to our past. Uh, especially what happens in this episode, because I've read a note in this particular episode, and this is partially why I picked this show in the first place to, for us to watch. So there's a slight connection. How many times will he get reminded of why he has to fight? <laughs> yeah. How many, fla- how many flashbacks will he have? <laughs> how many flashbacks to the same scene will he have? Huh. With the same words. And will we have a new Kamen Rider pop in? We'll have to find out. All right, so let's strap on our belts, put on our helmets, and let's ride. Let's ride. Blade Edition. Turn up. And that was episode three of Common Rider Blade, titled Their Secret. What'd you think, Mike? That was yet a great episode, actually. I really liked it. It's it's got everything still. I got the action. It's very suspenseful. Like there's mystery behind every episode. I was like, ooh, the cliffhangers, like, I want to see what's gonna happen next. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good episode. Uh, it is. Uh, lots of lots of crazy cuts and transitions and. Oh, this is the the, the blade right now is so early two thousands. It's like it has every like cut transitions. Like it's like whoa, man. <laughs> All right, so let's crack into. Uh, this plot here, uh, I'll, I'll skip around as need be, as not not a lot of the details are super needed. True. Go with you what you need to say. So, Shiori searches for the location of Chief Karasuma, with Kazuma continually, continuously asking where he is. She tells him she can't get in because she cannot figure out the password. And the hologram begins to glitch, off, glitch and shut off. Uh, Sakuya, who is hiding the chief in a building, is trying to figure out how to wake him up uh, himself in order to find in order to ask him numerous questions. He starts a cough and then dreams of turning into a green monster and disappearing. This so, the, yeah. The cuts happens. So it goes straight to the eyeball and it shows, like, you know, a dark dreamy background and he turns into a green monster, which is, like, hulking out and just... Yeah. All, the, all the while, the camera is, like, swirling around him. Mm-hmm. And he disappears. Yep. He leaves the room. Uh, Shiori continues attempting to crack the password, but is not having any success. Kodoro suggests trying his computer downstairs as it holds data on board. It could provide hints as to what the password is. Cosmo agrees to try it. At the Jacaranda, Amane questions why the appearance of the undead at the observatory wasn't included in the newspaper. 
Her mother Haruka, her mother Haruka explains that the police say that they are still investigating. Hayami tells Amane that humans are like that. They don't acknowledge what they are unable to understand and that they prefer to remain in the dark about it. Yep. Which is true. Ignorance is bliss. Yep. Amane tells him that he's acting like he isn't human. Which is a very specific line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's why. He, I guess that is kind of true, though. He he says it. That's the way humans are. Uh, I guess that would throw someone off. That's true. Yeah. Hajime tells her jokingly that he is a monster and attempts to scare her. Amani tells him that even if he was a monster, she would be fine with that. Haruka tells her to go do her homework, and Haruka thanks Hajime for coming. When the dad, when he did, as she couldn't really tell Amani the truth about her father, Hajime freezes for a second, uh, and we see another weird transition where, like, it zooms in and slows down until it cuts to, like, uh... no, no, he 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 kind of freaks out and he goes downstairs. Yep. And then the girl's in her room, in his room, talking yep. about the cameras. And he's like, "I can't. I'm I'm bad at photography." And she's like, "No, you can do it. I've had you pinned since, since we met. I knew you were just like that." And this is when it it zooms in and slows down, and it's kind of like a choppy transition. Yeah, he just like like frames. Yep, and it cuts to him in the snow. Yeah, middle of a blizzard, and it reveals that her father was dying and holding out a photo of his family for him to take. Yeah. Hajime remembers back to a time when he was in the middle of a blizzard. A man, Amani's father, who was dying, holds out a photo of his of his family for Hajime to take. Amani drops the conversation and goes to bed. Uh, and it, it's a really good cut back to uh, the bedroom scene, because yeah. at the start was... of the of the flashback, he's in his writer form. He's Chalice. Uh they kind of go past uh, the man's head, and he's not Chalice anymore. And yep. then once the flashback's over, the wind's blowing on him in the snow, and then it cuts back to the same the same shot of him, but now he's in his room. Yeah, it kinda, you still see the blue screen behind him, but it, I was going to say that. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> see the outline of it, but it's still a really good transition from from the flashback to present. It was really good for two thousand and four. Uh, at a house, a female doctor tells Sakia that once again, there's nothing wrong with him. He tells her about the dream and how it was getting stronger. She asked him, she asked him, had uh, had he been participating in any experiments aboard? Sakia tells her that he has, and that the originally he originally believed that it was for the sake of humanity, but in the end, it was a cover up, and that he was just being used. The woman tries to get uh, more information out of him, but he falls asleep rather quickly. She reveals that she was one of Saki's classmates and that him coming to visit her was good. Shiori continues to type in passwords overnight. And it's a it's a good cut where it's nighttime. She's still typing. Kenzaki's there. And then just straight cut the morning. She's got a cup of coffee next to her. Yep. Kenzaki's on the couch, but he's out of frame. Yep. Kotaro comes and tells her to stop trying to find it because they need to eat. Hirose thinks that she nearly has it and types in the phrase double J. Meanwhile, just as Sakia is leaving the doctor, he tracks an undead from his cell phone, his uh, his palm pilot, as you pointed out. Yeah, it's really uh, bulky and with the screen, so still a cell phone. 
Shiori manages to crack the password. She says that in Kotaro's research, there was an assumption of a Trump and that Double Joker is it. Double Joker. Yeah, Double Joker. I know what that means. Yes. They type it in and it works perfectly, restoring the hologram of Chief Karasuma. The undead that Hajime pictured before appears and kills a few workers at, at a dam. And this is uh, the dam that we see a lot in Kamen Rider Zo. No, not Zo. Kamen Rider Zero One. They use it as a, a bridge to get to uh, uh, Daybreak Town. So you, uh, you see fights in that bridge all the time in that show. Gotcha. Sakia interprets the monster telling himself in the process that he, if he doesn't fight, he doesn't believe his body will recover from the issues that it has. Karasuma telepathically speaks to the three and congratulates Shiori on finding him. He asks, She asks him where he is currently. However, he doesn't know where he is either. He tells him, however, the story of the undead. He tells them that 10,000 years ago, there were 53 undead, and that in the pursuit of an immortal body, the battle began to find a winner. Humans won, and the other 52 human, uh, undead were sealed in cards. Get it? Because it's a number of cards in our deck. Yes. He tells he tells them that three years ago, however, the seal was removed, and instead of beginning another battle, the undead stay, uh, strayed from their original path and fought rather to eradicate humanity instead. He explains that it was it is the purpose of the writer system to seal the undead. Yeah, lots of lots of lore this time. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Fury asks him why the undead weren't sealed in the first place. Karasuma takes full responsibility for it. Just as the hologram glitches out, Kazuma gets angry at Kotaro for wasting the chief's time with pointless questions. And yeah, Kotaro is like, oh, this is this is juicy. How about this and that? Yep. So I waste a little bit of time there. Shiori and Kazuma theorize that Sakia must be hiding Karasuma and that Sakia might have been the one that undid the seal on the undead. However, Shiori tells Kazuma that saving Karasuma is their priority. Sakia continues to battle the monster, but it jumps away. Sakia cancels transformation and chases it on his bike. So he's fighting the deer undead. Yes. Uh, and so he's, he's doing that. Uh, Shiori, Kazuma, and Kotaro all go to the building where the first Humanities Foundation lab was. The lab was abandoned two years ago. Kotaro attempts to link together the unsealing of the dead three years ago, and the abandoning of the lab two years ago. Kazuma, who's still annoyed at Kotaro, stares at him grinningly as if warning him against saying something stupid. Kotaro asks him why he became a writer, but once again gets stared at grimly by Kazuma. Shori tells Kotaro that Kazuma was scouted and tells him that Sakya, who was a research researcher, became the user of the original Garn system. However, Karasuma did not believe it was enough, and after creating the blade system, uh, search for a person who would be able to use it. Kotaro unintentionally questions Kazuma being the best person for the blade system, which once again attains staring from Kinzaki. Shiori tells them to search as if, uh, as it is likely that Saki hit the chief somewhere in the lab. Just they begin the search, Shiori gets alerted by the undead tracker. Kazuma rides off to fight the monster with Kotaro and Shiori attempting to follow close behind. However, Kotaro's car fails to start. A car named Swan. Swan, yeah, almost said Dove. Yeah. 
No, it was Swan, and she's like, "Why don't you call it Car Race? You can make it go faster or something." It was a stupid scene, to be honest. But wow, uh, Cosma tells him that he doesn't matter who it is that released the dead. What matters is that he defeats him. He transforms and continues to ride to his destination. Sakya continues to chase the undead and transforms to fight it. After causing lightning bolts to hit the ground, hit around Sakya, the undead begin to take control while Sakya rolls down a hill. I'm assuming this is the scene you've seen. Yeah, this is of him just falling down a hill for a, lo- a big hill. Yeah, I've seen this scene between him and this deer undead in a compilation of clips for Blade, and it's just like pretty cool seeing it fight in the snow. Cosmo appears right at the moment and goes to help Sakya, who instead tells him to stay away, saying that he'll be the one to defeat the undead. Cosmo goes into a fight anyway. Meanwhile, Hajime watches the two getting dominated by the undead. He analyzes their movements and calls them too slow and questions if this is all the power that humans really have. The undead manages to hit Sakya and knock him to the ground. Cosmo fights back and knocks an antler off the undead's head. He scans his kick card and kicks the monster, destroying it. Hajime realizes that a human's power is greatest when it is trying to save someone and he walks away. Yep. Uh, So he didn't have to come in and fight anything. Nope. Just observing. Kazuma uses one of his cards to seal the undead, giving him the thunder card, which is number six. Uh, Sakya cancels his transformation and tries to get away, but collapses in the snow. Kazuma comes to his aid, but changes his mind and starts asking him if he was the one who attacked Bored and kidnapped Chief Karasuma. Sakya tells him to think what he wants, and he won't give him any excuses. Cosmo demands they let Karasuma go. He tells Sakya that he doesn't want to fight, but that is beyond that he's beyond salvation. Cosmo accuses him of selling the undead, and Sakya starts laughing in denial. He tells Cosmo that Karasuma and others were responsible for unsealing. Cosmo doesn't believe him. Sakya tells him that the writer system was created, and then the undead were released so they could be sealed again. He concludes to Kenzaki that in the end, they were simply used by board. Cosmo asks for proof. Sakya tells him that his body is proof of it and that after using the writer system for so long, it will make his body fall apart. After finally telling him to prepare himself for his body becoming like that as well, Sakya staggers off while Cosmo falls to his knees, worrying at the aspect of his body falling apart. And then he has the same dream-like thing where it zooms into his eye and his camera yep. spins around. Yep, and he turns green and disappears. Yep. I really like that one. I guess so. Hajime returns to the Jacaranda to find no one home. He hears something and runs downstairs to find two girls being showered in sparkling dust. Haruka questions what it is. It suddenly stops before everything in the room lights in a pink flame. Amane tries to save a photo of her father, but Hajime pulls her back before she touches the flame. The undead responsible, the undead responsible for it floats down from the sky outside as Hajime senses it. Yep. And that ends the episode. Yes, indeed. So, Mike, what'd you think? Uh, 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 any other thoughts? I should say. Um, no, like it's like so far being the third episode. It's really good how they're really setting up, you know, the mystery behind the undead, and they're really showing the the character dynamics between the writers and you know, and this plot with the game that the chief is 
pretty interesting in how, of course, uh, coincidentally, the password being Double Joker, which we know from dub, uh, Double because uh, that came out five and a half years later. As mm. uh, So it was just interesting how Double Joker just pops up in here just randomly. And maybe people who did Double was like, ooh, we can use Double Joker as our thing for the Joker memory. Who knows? So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so far it's pretty interesting. Uh, I definitely want to know more about that that war that happened ten thousand years ago between all the undeads and the humans. I just want to add. Yeah, it, yeah, I was getting like um, I'm going way back now. I'm getting like. Um, Highlander vibes, where it's like only there only could be one, where they're trying to get the immortality thing, and all of a sudden they get all sealed up. It's like, oh no, nobody's gonna be the only one, but the humans were the only one. So, but they come out and they just wanna just destroy people. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, let's get into the data here. Mike, what'd you rate this episode? Uh, this one. I'll give this one a five. I like this one a little bit more. This one's really good. Yeah, I would also give this a five here. Who's your MVP? Um, Kinzaki, uh, again, because he uh, defeated the uh, deer undead with his kick move. It was pretty badass seeing it explode. Also, I think he... I think it uh, topped off the antler too, which is pretty bad. Yeah. I believe, yeah. So it was pretty cool seeing that unfold. Uh, I'd also give it to Kanzaki. Pretty good fight, and also zero flashbacks. Wow, look at him. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's improving. He's not getting back. All right. And where would you rank the deer undead? The. I'm- Looking at the deer undead, and actually, he's a cool vine. Like, he's got well, it's weird because he's thunder, but he's been shooting thunderbolts or lightning bolts at at the rider, so he should be lightning instead of thunder. But I'm just that's yeah. pulling hairs it's, right now. But it's 2004, we didn't know that distinction back then. <laughs> um, no, he's got like you know, and it's kind of cool because the lightning bolts kind of like matches uh, uh antlers, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. He's got a black and gold aesthetic to it, but as, as a person who likes deer, you know, I'm going to put that on top as one, pushing everyone down. He's number one right now. He's He was pretty cool because uh, we see him in the past as a flashback kind of thing, and then we see him return. It was like, so cool. All right. And then he's hopping around like a freaking cartoon, like really fast jumping, which is pretty interesting. I'd also give it first place so far. Pretty cool design. Yeah. Pretty cool moves. Lightning is a very good element to have. Now, if you would have just dodged the kick, Indeed. you would have been fine. Exactly. Okay. 
All right. That does it for this episode. Before we get into what we're going to watch next, uh, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, people can find Percy on the internet at Mike Mixate on Twitter and Instagram. I post all, like he stuff, movie stuff, TV stuff, what have you, whatever I feel like posting. I, uh, outside of this podcast, I do a podcast called Into the Grid, which is a Pirates podcast that we do with our mutual friend Sean. And, uh, and Tyler's also on there for a comics edition. Uh, we are been on a hiatus for a while due to certain things around life, and pretty soon we're actually going to start re- uh, start recording then to finish off Late Speed Rescue and lead into uh, Samurai pretty soon. So uh, if you want to check that out, check it out on Twitter at go to, the grid, go to the Grid and check it out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash into the grid. Definitely a lot of good stuff. And right there should be the uh, Lost Galaxy and Light Speed Rescue crossover, uh, which Tyler was on. It was a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> totally pissed Sean off so bad. He he got so fiery in that episode. So definitely check that out because it's worth a listen alone. Uh, other than that, I have my own network called Project Mixcast. It's got a bunch of other podcasts uh, you can check out, including a one where Tyler and I covered Turtles, the original eight series. So uh, check it out at Anchor.fm's Project Mixcast and follow it on Twitter at Project Mixcast. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Tyler Rims. That's T Y L E R T Y L E R I M S. And there you'll find every other podcast I do, including Trouble with Tipton, All the Angles, and Game Over Screen. You can also find me on twitch.tv forward slash Tyler Tyler Rims to watch me play video games at whatever hour I decide to wake up. As for this podcast, Writer Die, you can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash writer hyphen die. And find us on other platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Breaker, Castbox, all that, all that jazz, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Twitter, on Twitter at Writer Die Podcast. Uh, it's, you know, we have a good time over there. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, if you want to contact us, you can leave a message on Anchor through the, the message button, a little one, one minute kind of deal. Or you can send us an email at writerdiepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can uh, mention us directly on Twitter. And uh, I'll see it. So good for that. Ooh. Uh, and that's it. Next time, next episode of uh, Rider Die will be covering episode four of Comrade Blade titled Immortality's Mysteries. It's uh, definitely sounds very pretty heavy. heavy. So, uh, until then, what is up to be your Rider Die? Rider Die. <laughs>